resurrection morning when all the dead in Christ shall rise. I'll have a new body. Praise the Lord, I'll have a new life. In weakness, raised in power, ready to live in paradise. I'll have a new body. Praise the Lord, I'll have a new life. I'll have a new home. Glory, glory. With the redeemed of God first stand. No more pain, there'll be no more strife. Yes, raising the likeness of my Savior, ready to live in glory land. Praise the Lord, I'll have a new life. Youthful and happy I shall be I'll have a new body Praise the Lord, I'll have a new life Glorified with Him forever Death will be lost in victory I'll have a new body Praise the Lord, I'll have a new life I'll have a new home Glory, glory With the redeemed Never said no more pain, there'll be no more strife. Yes, raising the likeness of my likeness. Ready to live, I'll be glad. I'll have a new body. Praise the Lord, I'll have a new life. Eternal life. Oh, hallelujah, morning when the last trump of God shall sound. Praise the Lord, I'll have a new life, eternal grace, all bursting saints are shouting heavenly beauty all around. I'll have a new body, praise the Lord, I'll have a new life, oh yes, I'll have a new home, glory, glory, with reading no doctor stand. No more pain, there'll be no more strife. Yes, raising the likeness of my likeness. Ready to live, I'll be glad. I'll have a new body. Praise the Lord, I'll have a new life. Good morning, good evening, wherever you may be. Welcome to the Passion for Christ show. So glad to have you, friend. I'm your host, Bruce Kessler, and I just want to let you know I'm part of the greatest movement ever, a follower of Jesus Christ, because you see, in Him alone, I find peace, joy, happiness, forgiven. I'm blessed beyond measure, more than I could ever deserve. My goal here is very simple. That is to encourage you, friend, along the way to help you find your passion in life in Jesus Christ. Upcoming in our study segment, we'll be talking about what it means to be in Christ, in Christ. Amen, folks, in Christ. But before we get to that study, we've got a few things along the way. And the first is Headline News. Well, now get this, friend, get this. After the COVID-19 pandemic forced many students to attend school remotely, a Christian teacher from central Iowa got busy making desks for children in need of a proper workspace. Nate Evans, who teaches at Des Moines Christian School in Urbandale, launched what he called Woodworking with a Purpose last September 
when he realized that some students didn't have a space at home to do their assignments. So he and his team made over 2,100 desks. Isn't that outstanding, folks? And he says that all of the effort was 100% led by God. I always wanted to help kids. That's why I became a teacher. Education was my ministry. And last year or so, God truly revealed his plans for me to do this ministry. He noted that teachers were instructed to talk to students about the importance of having a personal place of study at home. As a public school teacher, we were told if they had an online class, they should have their own space. And I just thought that was really unfair, and he recognized it would be inconvenient for some children to have to do their homework at a kitchen table or on the floor. Having their own desk space would give them some sort of normalcy. And so he founded Woodworking with a Purpose so that no child in his community would be without his designated workspace. Isn't that outstanding, folks? He and his team made over 2,143 desks for children in central Iowa and 13 hope chests for foster children. There you go, folks. Someone takes action, sees a need in the community for the Lord, and takes action. God loves them. Christian teacher makes over 2,100 deaths for children in Iowa. Outstanding, folks. What are you and I willing to do when our community needs come about? Well, get this, friend. Get this. Now, imagine you were outside playing around at age 11. And I remember back home in Georgia, we used to find arrowheads often. But notice what this 11-year-old girl finds. An 11-year-old girl in Jerusalem uncovered a silver shekel coin that archaeologists believe could have been minted by a priest in the Temple Mount 2,000 years ago. <laughs> Isn't that outstanding, folks? The discovery of the coin was made by Lyle Krutokop, who was sifting through dirt during a family-friendly archaeological experience. We were just pouring the bucket of dirt on the strainer. And we filtered the stones that were inside, and I saw something round. At first, I did not know what it was, Lyle said, but... It looked different from all other stones, and I was very excited. The coin, which was found on the ancient pilgrimage road in the city of David, had the engraving second year, most likely used there in the second year of the Great Revolt, the Jews against the Roman Empire between 67 and 68 A.D. According to the experts, the coin was used for trade in Jerusalem 2,000 years ago before the destruction of the temple by the Romans. <laughs> Isn't that outstanding, folks? 11-year-old girl discovers ancient shekel coin believed to be have been minted on the Temple Mount. 
never know what you're going to find, folks, when you walk outside in this world. Well, get this. Get this. A majority of Americans say they believe in God as described in the Bible, according to a new Pew Research Center survey that also showed less than 1 in 10 U.S. adults reject any belief in God or a higher power. This poll found that 58% of American adults say they believe in God as described in the Bible, while an additional 32% say they don't believe in the God in the Bible, but do believe that there is some other higher power or spiritual force in the universe. All told then, folks, that means that 91% of Americans say they believe in God are in a higher power. Well, that's that's good news for us, folks, as we preach and deliver the message of Jesus Christ to the world. Amen, folks? 9% of Americans say they don't believe in God or a higher power. And that's slightly lower than 11% in 2020. Now, some other findings in the survey said that 68% of Americans say they believe everything in life happens for a reason. 83% say they believe some things happen in life that can't really be explained by science or natural causes. And 44% say they believe in fate, which Paul defined as the course of life of your life is pre determined get that friend get that 58 percent of americans believe in god as described in the bible good news all around folks and we need to capitalize on that as we bring the message of jesus christ to this world amen folks and that's our headline news for this broadcast. And now we have this day in church history. On this day in church history, Death of composer on 1474. Death of composer William Dufay in Cambrai. He had pioneered developments in the singing of masses and had often been consulted on the canon law in which he was expert. Interesting. Indeed. In 1627 A.D. on this day in church history, Birth in Hague, Netherlands, of Louise Henrietta von Oriana, Electress of Brandenburg. She will become mother of Friedrich I, King of Prussia, founder of an orphanage near Berlin, the author of hymns, among which will be Jesus Christ, My Sure Defense. In 1759, James Ramsey goes aboard the slave ship Swift and sees appalling sights that make him the champion of abolition. 
He breaks his thigh the same day and has to leave the Navy. Consequently, he will take holy orders and begin work on the islands where he will learn more about slavery and become a champion of slaves. Mm. In 1826, Christian explorer Jedediah Strong Smith enters California's San Bernardino Valley becoming the first citizen of the United States to cross the southwestern part of the American continent. Mm. And finally, on this day in 1970, Benjamin Mendoza Y. Amor Flores, dressed in a black clerical outfit, attempts to stab Pope Paul VI in the chest during the Pontiff's visit to Manila and manages to nick his chest. The Pope proceeds to read some prepared marks as if nothing has happened. And that's this day in church history. And now, folks, we have a little bit of fun. And name that Bible character. Here is your clue. Here is your clue. I am the city where the Good Samaritan tells of a journey to Jericho from me. What city am I? Here's your clue one more time. I am the city where the Good Samaritan tells of a journey to Jericho from me. What city am I? We'll reveal the final answer to this tantalizing clue following our study segment. So stay tuned for that exciting reveal in our final segment of Name That Bible Character. Okay, folks, get you a cup, cup of coffee or a hot cup of tea or get you a cold drink or whatever it is that you would like. Get your Bible. Let's open up the powerful and fantastic Word of God. I'd like for you to turn with me to Ephesians chapter 1. Ephesians chapter 1. And we're going to be talking about what it means to be in Christ. What that looks like. And we're going to start in verse 3. 3 through 14. Chapter 1 of Ephesians. Starting in verse 3. 3 through 14. Now in three verses 3 through 12. Paul issues this fantastic and powerful praise statement. Of what it means. And and how powerful and just outstanding it is to be in Christ. It's a praise statement. Let's start in verse 3 of Ephesians 1. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. Now, it would be great news 
just receiving a blessing from Christ. But notice he says that in Christ Jesus, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. Now, folks, that's great news. Dynamic. Verse 4 says, Just as He chose us in Him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before Him in love, having predestined us to adoption as sons by Christ Jesus to Himself, according to the good pleasure of His will, to the praise of the glory of His grace, by which He made us accepted in the Beloved. Verse 7, in him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace, which he made to abound toward us in all wisdom and prudence, having made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure which he purposed in himself, that in the disposition of the fullness of times he might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on earth in Him. Verse 11, folks. What a praise statement. Amen? Verse 11. In Him also we have obtained an inheritance, being predestined according to the purpose of Him who works all things according to to the counsel of His will, that we who first trusted in Christ should be to the praise of His glory. It's all about Christ, folks. What an outstanding praise statement of who Jesus really is and who we are in Him. Verse 13 says this. Paul says and looks to the Christians of Ephesus and says in him in Christ in the one that he just mentioned in the praise statement of who and what it means to be in Christ in him you also trusted after you heard the word of truth the gospel of your salvation in whom also having believed you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise now, verse 13, the first phrase of that is important because it says, in Him, in Christ, in Jesus, in Him, in Christ, in Jesus Christ our Lord and Savior, you also trusted. Fourteen times in this praise statement, Paul mentions Jesus Christ and uses the phrase, in Him or in Christ, at least six, seven, eight times. And what that means is, is that simply just believing in the gospel is one thing. But the emphasis has always been on Christ. You must be convicted and converted wholly and completely in Jesus Christ. Who gives us salvation? Who gives us all spiritual blessing? Who has chosen us? Who has predestined us? Who has redeemed us? Who has given us this oneness or unity that found in Him? Who has given us 
his inheritance. Gives us life. We become his family. We become free. We receive a peace that passes all understanding. We're giving a little bit of that eternity. Now notice in verse 13 again. In him you also trusted after you heard the word of truth. The gospel of your salvation. In whom having believed you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. Amen folks. Sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. Referring back to Acts chapter 2. In verse 39. For the promise. The promise of the gift of the Holy Spirit. Is to you and to your children. And to all who are fall, as many as the Lord our God will call. It is that seal of the Holy Spirit of promise that Paul says is important for us to realize and recognize the work of the Holy Spirit. Paul said in 1 Corinthians 6, verse 19 and 20, Do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you've received from God? You are not your own. You were bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your bodies. Romans 8, verse 16 says, The Spirit Himself testifies with our spirits that we are God's children. It's a witness. Here Paul uses the term seal. It's that ancient practice of sealing letters with sealing wax and press the wax seal worn on a ring bearing an image. And what did that denote? Well, here it denotes ownership. You, friend, and I who have been convicted and converted in and believed in Jesus Christ as our Lord and believe that He's God's Son, believe that He lived, believe He is the Christ, believe that He's the Messiah, Heard of salvation that is founded in the Messiah in Christ. It is this promise of being sealed with this Holy Spirit that you have the mark of His ownership in you and on you. You belong to me, is what is meant by the word seal. Verse 14 who is the guarantee of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession to the praise of of his glory. It is that word guarantee that means preservation. We understand guarantee, that word guarantee. It's a down payment. We understand that we're very familiar. When you go buy a house, when you go buy a car, you got to put down a down payment as you receive the credit needed to purchase those items. Well, here, Jesus through the Apostle Paul, is telling us that the Holy Spirit is a guarantee of our inheritance that something more is to come. And what a day that will be, that resurrection day. And finally, as we draw to a close on this study, I want, to, want us to read Galatians, Galatians chapter 3. Galatians chapter 3. And starting in verse 6, just as Abraham believed God and it was counted to him for righteousness, therefore know that only those who are of the faith are sons of Abraham. And the scripture foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles by faith preached the gospel to Abraham before him saying, in you all the nations shall be blessed. 
Drop down with me in verse 13. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us, for it is written, Curse is everyone who hangs on a tree. Why? Why is all this important? Verse 14, that the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. And this is what the Apostle Paul is championing here as he talks about what it means, what it looks like to be in Christ. I hope you've enjoyed our study, friend. What a powerful reminder of who Jesus is and what it means to be in Him and the power and the presence of the not just a word and not just that we receive the salvation of Jesus Christ, but that we have been given the seal with the Holy Spirit of promise. Amen, folks. And that's our study for this broadcast. And now, folks, we have the conclusion to name that Bible character. Here was your clue. Here was your clue. I am the city where the Good Samaritan tells of a journey to Jericho from me. What city am I? Well, the answer is Jerusalem. Luke 10, verse 30. And Jesus answering said, A certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell among thieves which stripped him of his raiment and wounded him and departed, leaving him half dead. I am the city where the Good Samaritan tells of a journey to Jericho from me. What city am I? Jerusalem. And name that Bible character. Well, folks, you too can become a part of the greatest movement ever, follower of Jesus Christ by submitting your life to Him in repentance, turning to Him in baptism, and you'll receive a peace that passes all understanding, total forgiveness. What a true blessing that is. My goal here is very simple. That is to encourage you, friend, along the way to help you find your passion in life in Jesus Christ. Visit our website, normanchurch.com. normanchurch.com. Friend, I just want to tell you what a privilege and honor it's been for me to have you walking along my side during this show. May God bless you. My heart, there rings a melody. I know not why I sing in peaceful glee. All that I know, my heart with joy it fills, and storms that beat upon my soul it stills. Sing that song again It thrills my soul To feel God's love within I'm glad
glad his grace on me he did bestow. Please tell me more that I his love may show. Please tell me more how Jesus died for me. How his great love from sin can make us free. Tell how our debt he paid on Calvary. Oh, tell me more, I want to know. Tell me of Christ, the cross I'm told to bear. And of his love and joys he said I'd share. Tis my desire, His love in me to show. Please tell me more, for more I long to know. Please tell me more, how Jesus died for me. How His great love from sin can make us free. Tell how our debt he paid on Calvary. Oh, tell me more, I want to know.